like that. And just like that, all my show prep out the window. We have some breaking news here in North Carolina. The zombie Supreme Court of our state, four Democrats, three Republicans, uh, two of those Democrat seats up for election. Uh, and uh, in a partisan ruling, they just uh, decided to essentially usurp the um, the legislature and dictate where money and how much money should be spent on education. This is the long-running Leandro case. They just sent down their ruling. I have not even read. It's 227 pages. I've only gotten through, like, page two. So and I, I have no prep in front of me for this. I ha- This is all going to be off of memory. All right? So this is all just going to be what I remember about covering this case for the last 20 years. So I apologize if I get anything wrong. I'll say that right now. Like any of, like, the details and the... Like the dates and stuff. But I'm pretty up to speed on the Leandro case. It's just I may mistake some of the players or some of the dates or the amounts and that sort of thing. Because I don't have any, I have none of my material with me, none of my show prep with me for all of the education stuff regarding Leandro. Oh, welcome to the program, by the way. Happy Friday. Except to the state Supreme Court. Uh, News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Pete Callender here. The phone numbers are 704-570-1110 or 1-800-WBT-1110. You can email Pete at thepetecallendershow.com. You can also hit me up on the Twitter machine uh, at Pete Callender. That's K-A-L-I-N-E-R. You can also get the uh, podcast, by the way, at the website, thepetecallendershow.com or WBT.com. All righty. So here is the majority opinion by the four Democrats on the state Supreme Court. And by the way, Control of this court is on the ballot. So if you haven't voted, you uh, are intending to vote. You maybe hadn't intended to vote, but this matters to you. Uh, this is on the ballot. These these types of decisions are on the ballot because two of the uh, seven seats are up for election. There's one judge who's retiring, and there uh, Sam Irvin is uh, running for reelection. So. A and he and they're both Democrats, and so they're uh, Irvin's defending his seat. And if he maintains that, but the Democrats lose the open seat, then they would lose the majority. Republicans would assume the majority for three. If Irvin loses as well, then Republicans would have a five to two majority. And of course, if Democrats hold both, they maintain their four three majority. So, well, let's get to it here. This is uh, Robin Hudson. Writing the majority opinion. And see, here's the thing. Like, if I recall correctly, she is the one. Like, this ruling just came down like four minutes ago. Well, now probably seven minutes ago. But um, I believe she's the one that's retiring. And this is the Hudson seat that's now going to be open. So she wrote this opinion on her way out the door. That's why I call it a zombie court. And God help us. Because when after Tuesday, before all of the new justices get sworn in, you know, they already heard some other cases voter ID, redistricting, and they fast-tracked some of these cases in order to get at them sooner so this way they could do this very thing, right? This is what the four Democrats who are oh so worried about the politicization of the court, they're, they're going to rush out a bunch of these, um, these opinions in order to make law before they're out the door. So here is uh, the, here's the majority opinion by Robin Hudson. A quarter century ago, this court recognized that the North Carolina, oh, I'm sorry, hang on a second. I should, by way of background, the Leandro case was brought by a family and then some, a whole, it's been going on for, again, like 
30 years almost. And uh, their argument was that they were not being funded properly. The poor school districts down east were not being funded. And so they sued, arguing that they have a constitutional right to a sound basic education, a state constitutional right. Okay, and as the case proceeded through the courts, uh, it it was determined, yes, but what does that mean? We don't know. Uh, And uh, under the now late judge, uh, he just passed away, actually, like two weeks ago. um, David Lee, maybe I think is his name out of Union County. He was appointed to that post, uh, I believe, by Cooper after the judge that had overseen the case, Howard Manning Jr., who was a Republican. Uh, he had overseen the case for like 20 years or something. And then um, he re- he was I think he retired off or he had health reasons or something. And he stepped down. And I believe Cooper put uh, this Union County judge, a Democrat, put him in charge of the case. And he was the one then who. Uh, adopted the what's called the remedial plan. It came from a consultant firm out of California. And this is very, very much along the lines of the collusive settlement ad- agreement that was done by the Board of Elections and the uh, the people that were suing uh, the, from the left o- over the voter rules a couple of years ago, right, in 2020. And uh, they cut the legislature out, right? The legislature was never a party to this lawsuit. It was these... Uh, the families and then school districts signed on Charlotte Mecklenburg being one of them. And they kept their argument is give us more money. And so they hire a consultant as part of this agreement. They hire a consultant who comes in and says, I think you should give the schools more money. And this judge in union County said, I agree and said, you need to give them more money. And this then created the constitutional crisis that we are now in because the legislature has the power of the purse, right? They are the ones that allocate, Funding for all sorts of budget items. The spending originates in the House. The Constitution's pretty clear about this. And so the judge trying to force the legislature to spend a certain amount of money based on a consultant's report, a consultant that was hired by the plaintiffs and defendants, who, by the way, don't include the legislature. And the legislature invited the judge to come speak with them, and he refused. So then the legislature intervened in the case. And now the four Democrats said, basically, shut up, sit down, pay them. So here we are in our constitutional crisis because we have the courts overstepping their role and directing allocations of funding out of the legislative branch. So here's the, uh, here's the beginning of the opinion. A quarter century ago, this court recognized that the North Carolina Constitution vests in all children of this state the right to the opportunity to receive a sound basic education. And that, by the way, that's not actually in the Constitution, the sound basic education language that you're going to hear it a lot. I say it, but that's that's actually not in the Constitution. But that it is the constitutional duty of the state to uphold that right. In 2004, we affirmed the trial court's determination that the state had failed in its constitutional duty to provide certain students with the opportunity to attain a sound sound basic education and that the state must act to correct those deficiencies. All right. If I'm the legislature, vouchers for everyone. That's it. A total choice system. We are providing you a voucher. Take it where you want. We're providing you the opportunity for a sound basic education. You use it how you see fit. 
That's all we're required to do. I wonder if this is pennywise pound foolish by the left. Because if I'm in the legislative branch, that that's what I'm doing. Um, in 04, they reaffirmed it. Uh, do, 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 where was I? Uh, at this still early stage of the litigation, so this is 04, again, back when Democrats controlled everything for, you know, a century and a half, Democrats controlled all the purse strings. They funded education or did not, right? This is all on them. This was, this was their making, their doing. Republicans came in in 2011, basically. At that still early stage of the litigation, this court deferred to the legislative and executive branches to craft and implement a remedy to this failure. However, we also expressly noted that when the state fails to live up to its constitutional duties, a court is empowered to order the deficiency remedied. And if the offending branch of government or its agents either fail to do so or have consistently shown an inability to do so, a court is empowered to provide relief by imposing a specific remedy and instructing the recalcitrant state actors to implement it. So it doesn't matter what the legislature has done. It doesn't matter about all of the teacher pay raises they've given, about all of the increases in K-12 funding, about all the increases in college funding. None of that matters. The only thing that matters is the children are still not getting educated. Right. And, and the reason why is lack of money. That's what these four judges, these four lawyers with a wardrobe change, that's what they've determined. North Carolina's Supreme Court, the four Democratic uh, judges on the Supreme Court have decided that uh, they will direct the funding in our state towards education based on a consultant plan that was crafted uh, mutually by uh, the Democrat plaintiffs and the Democrat uh, Board of uh, Education and the, the state government, the executive branch. Legislature not involved in the Leandro case. The case has been going on for almost 30 years. And... The uh, the judge uh, now who has just recently passed away down in Union County, who uh, Democrat judge appointed by a Democrat governor, who then set us on this course for a constitutional crisis where we have now arrived because Democrats uh, do not like having to go through a legislative process in order to allocate money in order to fund their priorities, and so they go to court, and so they've gotten judges now to force the legislature or to try to force the legislature to fund this, quote, remedial plan, right? Because the premise of the Leandro case, which, like I said, been going on for like 20-plus years, almost 30 years, the, uh, the premise was the state is not funding schools, particularly the rural schools that could not afford to keep teachers, they couldn't build buildings, they couldn't generate tax revenue to fund their schools, and because it's in our state constitution that kids have a right where the state, the kids have a right to an education and that the state shall provide the opportunity for this, they sued. And it's been working its way through the courts. And by the way, the original judge in this case, Howard Manning Jr., he has said flat out that the answer here is not money. He said it when the new judge took over and issued this ruling. He said the, the money is not the problem. He he focused on the administrative bloat. He focused on test scores uh, and, you know, why aren't these kids uh, doing well in the in the schools? What are where are you spending this money? What's working? What's not? But don't worry. Don't worry, everybody. The consultants from California say that if we just hire 
more administrators, more program coordinators, and give all the teachers pay raises, the kids are going to get smart again. Oh, thank goodness. That, that's been the problem all this time. That's been the issue. The kids can't read at third grade, thus putting them in the schools-to-prison pipeline. The kids can't read at third grade because the teachers don't get paid enough money. I don't know why we didn't realize this earlier. We should pay every teacher $17 bajillion. The kids will be off the charts. Oh, no, Pete, don't you see? In order to get the best and brightest teachers that teach the best way, you have to pay them the most amount of money. Okay, so the teachers we have now stink? Is that, the, is that what you're saying? Oh, no, no, they're, they're the great teachers, too. Okay, so we have the great teachers, but in order to get the great teachers, which we totally right now have, we got to spend way more money. Yeah, this makes sense somehow. So the four uh, Democrat lawyers with the robes on, they say in the 18 years since this case, despite some steps forward and backward, the foundation, this is from the second, uh, the second big ruling, which they call Leandro II, and that was in 2004. They say that the foundational basis for the original ruling has remained unchanged. Far too many North Carolina school children, especially those historically marginalized, are not afforded their constitutional right to the opportunity to a sound basic education. Again, the problem is not the money. The problem is the model. It's the K-12 government-run model. And until people wake up and say, we need to blow this system up because it is obviously not working, particularly for the marginalized students, then all it is is just a recipe. It's a jobs program, essentially, for Democrat voters. That's what K-12 education is essentially becoming, if not already is, right? Because they're government employees and they're going to vote for the people that keep giving them more money. And don't tell me that that's got nothing to do with this. All right, so uh, as foreshadowed in Leandro 2, the state has proven for an entire generation either unable or unwilling to fulfill its constitutional duty. Now, this court, so again, the standard they're using here is the opportunity to a sound basic education, that every child has the opportunity to a sound basic education. And that is an impossibility. It is an impossibility because you cannot build a statewide model that offers every single person, in this case children, the exact same opportunity. Because school districts are different. School, uh, uh, school houses are different. School rooms are different. Students are different. Teachers are different. Parents are different. Communities are different. The only answer I see here is vouchers. It really is. That is the only answer to actually fulfill what these judges are now saying must be fulfilled. Voucherize the entire system. Let parents send, uh, send their kids where they want to send them. You now have an equal opportunity to a sound basic education. And we wipe our hands of it. We are done. And then it's just a fight over the number that the voucher is, right? How much money the voucher should be. And I would submit you take whatever the current uh, value is for the per pupil expenditure in this state, which is uh, somewhere around $8,000 per student. Did you know that? Yeah, it's about $8,000 per student per year. That's what it costs to educate a kid in K-12 schools in North Carolina. You take that $8,000, and that's not even counting the capital. That's not counting buildings. You could take the... 
if you add the buildings in, it's like over ten grand. Give the kids an $8,000 voucher or a $10,000 voucher if you want, and then everyone has an equal opportunity. That's what that, that's what that means. So the judges go on to say, that now this court must determine whether that duty of the state is a binding obligation or an unenforceable suggestion. We hold the former. They say it's a binding obligation. The state may not indefinitely violate the constitutional rights of North Carolina school children without consequence. Our co- oh, by the way, you're going to see this framed as a, a loss for Republicans here. But again, I point out the Republicans have only been in charge of education funding in North Carolina since 2011. So for essentially 10 years, 10 years, which is five budget cycles. The Democrats controlled this state and the budget for a century and a half. And when the Republicans took over, the Democrats had furloughed teachers, frozen their pay, cut education spending because they had spent so recklessly that they darn near bankrupted the state. And and Republicans came in and they went about reforming education funding reforming uh, Medicaid funding, reforming uh, the uh, Health and Human Services uh, uh, programs. They went about trying to clean this up. They, they lowered the tax rate. We saw this boom in economic activity and revenues to the Treasury. So while the Republicans, uh, the Republican legislature, lost this case before these four Democrat judges, right, the indictment is really against decades over a century of democratic control of our education system if republicans do not use this opportunity to scrap the model i don't know when you're going to get a better chance i really don't news talk 1110 wbt so the north carolina supreme court four democrats ruling uh for the majority, over, I mean, it's four Democrats, three Republicans dissented, haven't even gotten there yet. Just read through. It's a 227-page ruling in the Leandro school funding case. It's been going on for decades in this state. And they say uh, that the Constitution is the supreme law of the land. It is not optional. In exercising its powers under the Appropriations Clause, the legislature must also comply with its duties under the education provisions. Accordingly, in response to decades of inaction by other branches of state government, the judiciary must act. So this is under the must act. I believe Obama cited this constitutional clause as well, the, 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 the must act clause. We have to do it now clause or something like that. Um, this court has long recognized that our Constitution empowers the judicial branch with inherent authority to address constitutional violations through equitable remedies. Today, to remedy that inaction, we exercise that power. For 25 years, the judiciary judiciary has deferred to the executive and legislative branches to implement a comprehensive solution to this ongoing constitutional violation. Today, that deference expires. If this court is to fulfill its own constitutional obligations... It can no longer patiently wait for the day, year, 
or decade when the state gets around to acting on its constitutional duty to guard and maintain the constitutional rights of North Carolina schoolchildren. See, there are all sorts of problems with the Leandro case in that how exactly do you prove that you've been given an opportunity for a sound basic education? How does one prove that? Right? If I live in a county and every single school in that county is awful, I think you could probably make the argument that somebody hasn't lived up to their constitutional responsibility. Now, is that the state? Well, yeah, because the state is probably, uh, uh, you know, the verbatim uh, constitutional text puts the state on the hook for it, right? But what about the local jurisdiction, right? The local education agency or association, whatever they're called, the LEAs, right? Are, are, are they not bodies of the state government as well? Wouldn't they be on the hook for this as well? For example, and I think, honestly, at one point, Charlotte Mecklenburg School District may, I think it was CMS, they may have been a, a both a plaintiff and a defendant at one point in this litigation. That's how big of a mess the Leandro case has been. So what about being able to send your kid to a different school, right? Because now you're starting to get into student assignment issues. In Charlotte-Mecklenburg, for example, if I live in one part of town and I get to go to one school, but I want to go to another school because the one school that's near me is a terrible school. See, there are also, and then how are you judging this? So the opportunity for sound basic education, what does that mean? Well, if you're looking at third grade reading scores and math scores, the, the majority of students are not getting that, right? Especially now. So who's to blame for that now? Was that a lack of funding or was that Governor Roy Cooper who shut the schools down at the behest of the teachers unions and the CDC? After decades of largely choosing to watch this litigation from the sidelines, legislative defendants now intervene to allege a variety of procedural and substantive infirmities. I like how they, they like they hold this against the legislature. They were not named in the lawsuit, by the way, they, and they've been litigating this Back when Democrats controlled the legislature, Republicans then take over and what they were supposed to intervene as a defendant or something. What what were you thinking they were going to do? Oh, please, please come after us. Let's jump into this lawsuit. Why would you get involved in that if they're already involved? This litigation is playing out. Let it continue to play out. Why would you race to intervene in something? like? I, I don't understand why they're sort of impugning. Well, I do because they're Democrat lawyers wearing robes. But they're totally not for politicization of the courts, by the way. They want you all to know that. The courts are not political. And if they are political, it's only because we know that they're a Democrat or a Republican when they run for office, you see? They argue that despite 28 years of focusing on statewide problems and statewide solutions, this case really involves only Hoke County, one of the original uh, uh, defendants, I believe. They argue the passage of the 2021 Budget Act fulfills their constitutional duties under Leandro. They argue that because this case implicates education policies, it raises non-judiciable political questions. They argue that prior to their intervention, this case constituted a friendly suit with no actual controversy before the court. These claims unequivocally fail. They are ultimately distortive. I'm sorry. They are untimely, distortive, and meritless. At best, they reveal a fundamental misunderstanding of the history and 
present reality of this litigation. At worst, they suggest a desire for further obfuscation and recalcitrance in lieu of remedying this decades-old constitutional violation. In any event, they do not prevent this court from exercising its inherent authority to realize the constitutional right of North Carolina children to the opportunity to a sound basic education. The opportunity for a sound basic education as measured by what? Because if it's just an opportunity for a sound basic education, how do you measure who has an opportunity and who doesn't? Is it based on test scores? Is it based on a school's uh, report card, right? You know, the, the nation's report card and what a particular school, like if you can send your kid to that school and that school educates, you know, more than half of the students, or why is it half? I don't know. Maybe it should be two thirds or maybe it should be a one third. If a particular school educates half of its students to grade level, is that an opportunity for a sound basic education? You had an opportunity to go to that school and it was a 50-50 shot. That's an opportunity. No. Who defines what the opportunity is? This is why I say the answer here is vouchers. And that's my compromise position with people. We affirm and reinstate the trial court's uh, November 2021 order directive instructing certain state officials to transfer the funds necessary to comply with uh, the remedial plan, which was drafted by the uh by the Democrats who hired other Democrats in a consulting firm from California. We vacate in part and reverse the trial court's uh, 2022 order, removing that transfer directive because the uh, judge David Lee at a union County was removed from the case when he turned 72. He also had some health problems of which he later succumbed and passed away a few weeks ago. And uh, a new judge was put in place who reversed some of that directive. And so the Democrat judges uh, uh, swept away that reversal and they remand the case to the trial court for the narrow purpose of recalculating the amount of funds to be transferred in light of the state's budget. So that, so they're telling that judge who is a Republican, they're telling that Republican judge, you're only going to be recalculating the amount of money to be transferred. Now, I don't know how you go ahead and change the state budget. I like, I am unclear as to how the judges get to allocate the money. Where does this money come from? And you're going to direct what? The state comptroller to move money around and take it out of things that were legally passed. This is why I say it's a constitutional crisis because the budget was passed. It was signed into law by the governor. It was a bipartisan budget. And you're telling me that the comptroller is now going to what? Move money around inside the the budget, which is a law. So now the comptroller gets to rewrite law based on a judge or four judges who told another Republican judge to tell the comptroller to rewrite the law. This is a mess. This is an absolute mess. And remember, two of these Democrat judges on the Supreme Court, their seats are up for re-election. You can put two Republicans in there or even just one, and it flips this majority to Republican. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. You get a couple of phone calls in here. Hello, Jim. Welcome to the program. How are you? Hey, Pete. Hey. My favorite subject, oh. North Carolina ed- public education. A sound, basic, quality education, Pete, means you can send your high schooler 
for one of these new $125 million high school campuses. I don't think they've one's been built yet, but they're in the planning stages. Or you can send your elementary student to a brand-new $35 million campus. That's a sound, basic, quality education, Pete. Mm-hmm. But, Pete, Pete, I have a bigger question, maybe, that I think might even stand some legal scrutiny. Uh, if I'm not uh, mistaken, the original North Carolina Constitution uses the word free to address that education. Is that true? I my uh, North Carolina Constitution is actually back at my house, and so I didn't. I don't have it with me. I was not anticipating referring to the provision, but I do recall. I mean, you're talking about the one, the original. Or are you talking about the one from the, that was uh, uh, redone in 19 what 74 or whatever? Well, I'm, I may stand corrected, but somewhere I read or noticed that it said free, and Pete, I would argue that it's anything but free. Okay. From a sta- several standpoints, obviously the cost of it, which is actually absolutely, you can't even imagine the amount of money it takes when you throw in these campuses they're building in every one of the hundred counties in North Carolina, and then the cost, and then teachers just two years ago telling you, no, we're not going in the classroom. You take your child home for a year and a half, and you look, you get an internet connection, and you look at a monitor if you want some of that free, basic quality education. Uh, some of that, or if they're elementary student, they've got to pretend or uh, contend with books that have sexual acts in them, or talk about gender studies. That's a that sound basic education, true. right there. Yeah, yeah, drag queen story hour stuff. That's sound and basic. I don't consider any of that. Free, <laughs> so I'm looking for a constitutional legal contest about the whole concept of free, quote unquote, free. Education. Well, I would That's have to go and look. Yeah, I'd education. have to go and look to see what the actual. I mean, but this is part of the Leandro uh, uh, case, and so I, I, I have to imagine that if that language is in the Constitution, that this is that this was some sort of that it's been the focus of litigation at some point in the past. I don't know. I don't know what uh, the provision is that you're referring to, but I, I appreciate the call, Jim. I do. Let me bounce over here and get John on to the program. Hello, John. John. Oh, John. All right, bye, John. Uh, then Dean is up next. Hello, Dean. What's hi, your Dean. question, Dean? Yes. Um, if You know so much more than I do, but for 30 years, if they haven't been able to make any movement on it, and when I heard the word about consultants, which is really a thing for not wanting to take responsibility for your decisions, is it that they don't want to solve it? Haven't the Republicans... If you put it, Republican, Democrat had an opportunity to do something over 30 years or not. So the the legislature has not been a party to the lawsuit. Okay. Right? So the, the legislature, which is the funding entity in our form of government, right? We, we, we Do we agree on that premise that the, mm-hmm. the, that spending bills originate in the House, right? That, uh, that, that the legislature appropriates the money based on a budget, right, all of that. So the legislature, being the funding entity, was never sued. They were never part of this litigation. The lawsuit was against the State Board of Education, the Department of Public Instruction, the governor's office. That Those were the parties that they went after for this stuff. But it's the legislature that controls the funding and actually sets a lot of the educational policy. So 
why would they intervene, right? If they're if the lawsuits were filed for these against these other entities and they were hashing all of this stuff out, I don't know why they never uh, went after the legislature for it, but they didn't. And when now you've got Democrats that are out of power in the legislature and they're trying to, you know, they're trying to get more funding for schools because this is an issue that plays well among their base. And so they keep saying more money, more money. This is the same argument we've been having every single time about teacher pay raises and uh, per pupil expenditures. And this education funding thing, Democrats have a uh, they, they've got a better issue for them because people associate them as better for education, even though I would submit if you look at the record, they're not right. But this this is a this is a failure to include the legislature in the lawsuit over all of this time, that's not the failure on the part of the legislature, Democrat or Republican. I, I think, from what you explained, though, how can you do one without really taking the other into consideration? Or is that what you're trying to say, that up till now, you know, it's like um, they, they should all be a party to the uh, to the solution, Right. Yeah, which is what the Republican legislative leaders attempted to do about a year ago, and uh, Judge David Lee refused because they had already gotten they'd already gotten their uh, their consultant plan. Uh, so okay. it became very it, look. It, yeah, it became very clear, and I've talked about this with uh, uh, Dr. Terry Stoops uh, from the John Locke Foundation. I've I've been clear, uh, or I think it's been clear that. This constitutional crisis has been brewing for the last, say, three or four years, uh, uh, particularly. It was never it had never gotten to this point until the governor appointed the new judge and the Democrats lost their leverage in the legislature. And so now they had to use the courts and the executive branch. So they, they entered into this deal to bring in the consultant and they were going to try to then force the education funding increase in an end run around the the legislature. Well, you know, you you mentioned vouchers. It'll be on my last point. But you mentioned vouchers and and school and everything. And is it is it really is it that or is it the government wanting to control? Is that the real issue? Well, the, if you something? get rid of the if you get rid of, if you put vouchers in place, then you get rid of the ability of the government to control. Which is precisely why Democrats do not want to get rid of the government run schools. Because they want to be able to create the funds so they can manipulate it. Right. Say that again. What they can they they will still manipulate the size of the vouchers and the restrictions on the vouchers. Sure. But everybody will have an opportunity for the sound basic education, which is what the Constitution requires.